Hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. I'm here, uh, but I've actually got two. Yeah, very, very excited. I'm always excited, but this time I'm very, very excited because I've got two great guests or guests. I don't know if they're guests. Would you call them guests? Probably. And they've brought in two sponsors. So that this will give you an idea of where it, where it comes from. It comes from one of my favourite places in the world. And uh, we've got a sponsor from the Murray and Eastcobray Plaza, where you can take all your all your family shopping and also get a, get a, a, an ice skating and and you can climb a rock or a hill or something at the top of the Eastcobray, oh, greatest place in the world. Also sponsored by Crystals, the only place that Danny Kellican was ever ever successful <laughs> in the whole entire world. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today we have, we don't have our usual people, we have uh, great people, great guys, uh, Christopher Dixon uh, and Chris Nelson, so hi guys, how you doing? How's it going Paul, alright? Yeah, very okay, well. Paul, thank you. Mr thank Nelson. Well, Bertie. Bertie. I thought Bertie be here. It's very hard man, you've got to go through his agents and stuff like that to get him. I've just texted him, so he might come on if he's uh, come back from his football, so no, we're... We'll uh, no offence, no offence, Paul. But I only came on because I heard Bertie was going to be on. <laughs> you know? Can't believe it. Usually, see Bertie behind Chris Dixon marking him in old days. Aye, that's true. Aye, chasing my shadow. Was, 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 <laughs> was Bertie? Was Bertie touch type? Touch type? Was he? Were you? I think he did. A couple what? of times he did. He got very close to you. On some occasions. <laughs> football. Aye. I would always move across and and kind of gravitate towards Bertie when I was playing you know stay away from Danny and John just kind of go towards Bertie and try and let him mark me <laughs> you're you're, uh, you're the only person you, you've got a podcast named after you I was walking down the street this morning and I thought Dixon's actually got a pod I think there's something there was a, a, a podcast named after you back there in was, the day was it not Dixon as Litiz oh yeah yeah that's what you're right yeah. <laughs> I first and last time I've ever been mentioned in a podcast, or until tonight, obviously. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's right. Aye, Bertie, some boy, some boy. I mean, you've always cracked jokes when we were playing. That was the thing. I remember some of you guys took it really, really seriously, and Bertie'd always be having a laugh with me, you know, cracking jokes all the way up to the Saturday night. And I think Danny ever found it too funny. No, you know? Danny, Danny never, Danny never lost it. Danny, when you go back, when I came back from Australia, and then was going to Ireland, whatever. I was having conversations with Danny and like Danny re engineered his whole history. So like, apparently Danny never lost a game of football in his life. Is that right? Got all the women. Well I was like, oh okay, Danny. <laughs> Not what I remember, but maybe <laughs> fifty five victories against East Coast Bride. Fifty five, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, well he was competitive, wasn't he? Probably still is. Aye. Good player. Uh, it's just, just a funny, a funny story about Danny. So Danny can't play football anymore because his his knees are buggered. So he was he, he was he was going to Zumba classes in Bothwell Library or Council, and I met in Dublin Airport, no, in Glasgow Airport. Going out, I met one the woman that he does a Zumba Zumba class for. And she says something like, Danny takes it very seriously. He likes a good stretch before the class. And I honestly, I, I, I think I, not like him. I laughed the whole time in the plane when I was tears going down. It's one of those lovely bothwell women that, like, yeah, that she was, you know, she thought she was about, she thought she was about something. You know what I mean? Yeah. She thought she was about, about special. 
Listen, I see, I see him sometimes. Um, I bump into him. He's into his running. Well, he was into his running. Yeah, he is, he is, I know he yeah. was saying that he couldn't really play much football because of the knee. So I, I, I'm the same. I play a bit of, uh, I do running. I've not played football in years. But the last time we played was up at um, Ballard up about three years ago. We did a game. On the reunion game. Yeah, we did a game and it was like, we played for an hour and a half and it was like two each or something. <laughs> Just, I don't think it was really bad, def- uh, really bad attacking or really good defending, but it was like no goals. Um, anyway, apart from that, I've not played in years. I, I do a bit of running now and I was running tonight. Um and I do a few 10Ks and I bumped into Danny in Glasgow doing like, you know, yeah. proper like the kind of men's health 10K in Glasgow, upper half marathon. And he was saying that he does that. He's, you know, he's, he's running a straight line, so he can't really get injured if you've got a, if you're just running straight. And he does the times, you know. He would take everything seriously, so, you know, as he has. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's young Danny. Great fun. It's always good fun. But yeah, so, we have got a, yeah, Isco Bride, I love Isco Bride. You're still, both of you are in Isco Bride then? Yeah, still there. Still yeah, there, still there. Isco Bride. No, no, no venture the world like you guys have. You're one it. I love you. I, I love I love coming back to Isco Bride. I love going to see Manny Claire. I love it. I just, I've always loved Isco Bride. It's just maybe because I went to Patterson Terrace every, every weekend and I just love it. I don't know. I love going to the Plaza. I went to the Plaza with my wife, and I was like, is just it, is buzzing. Still called Plaza? I don't know. I don't know. Just been the shopping centre. <laughs> no, am I dating? Am I dating myself? Oh, I know the place you mean anyway. Aye, okay. The, 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 aye, town centre or whatever. Calls at the Plaza. I'm not sure. Well, it's an all right place. It's all right. Let's go bright. Do you know the last time that I saw Chris Nelson was last week in Hamilton? Yeah. We weren't playing, unfortunately. We were taking our kids to um, oh, a kind of Easter training camp down there. So it's a okay. place to go. East Cobride's not good enough. If you want to learn about football, you go to Hamilton, as you know. So <laughs> we were down there for that. Were you there for a couple of weeks, Chris? Aye, drop off. At least you just drop off and pick up. But it's not, it wasn't a birdie sitting in the car waiting for a <laughs> <laughs> bed and breakfast. Three years. <laughs> So, drop them off, what we ain't doing, that fun, come back. But aye, that's where they learn how never to lose a game. It's Aye. Alan. He loved it. He, he was there for a week, and uh, after it, he said to me, can I go back in six weeks for the summer, Dad? So, he oh. wanted to get signed up. Um, good for him. Good, aye. It was three hours a day. He was absolutely knackered after it, but uh, I enjoyed it. and Toughened him up, you know, been down in Hamilton. He's got rides a bit posh, so he gets is it, is it? a few kind of... Tough boys down there learned a few swear words. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweeties? Well, my my uh, my daughters, which you just seen dancing. My daughters were dancing to that music bingo. My wife is like, I think I've signed a contract to say they will never be allowed to go to dancing in Hamilton. I've signed that contract to say you can do it with the like, but the girls can't go dancing in Hamilton. Which is fair enough. The palace. I, I was only in that two or three times. The palace, I mm. think. Every table, and I've never remembered leaving it. That's, all <laughs> that's, that's about right. <laughs> 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 you see me crystals, mind you, if you're talking about that. Jeez. Crystals, jeez. So, Aye. you're, you're, I mean, ultimately, you guys are, you're bona fide Celtic fans, aren't you? You both of you love Celtic, and uh, you're well recognised in East Kilbride. You've done, Chris, you've done loads of stuff, both, both Chris and Mr. Nelson Dixon. You've done loads of stuff while I've been away, wandering around. And, uh, so, we sort of, we've had Aberdeen game, we've had the Rangers game, I suppose this is where I'm at in the podcast just now, 
And I just feel, I don't know what I feel. Maybe the, the anger and all that's passed, but I just, I feel everything's, everything's disjointed. Would you, like, for instance, I, I, I didn't really know Celtic were playing Aberdeen, and I sort of got it. And I just, I think one of you watched, one of you watched the women's game. It just feels very, everything feels disjointed to me. Uh, what about yeah. yourself, Mr. I Dixon? I didn't even see it last night. My, my son was playing, well, he was training last night, but he was, it was outdoor and it was for about two hours. So he was playing wee games with his team. He's only, he's only um, coming up for seven, so he's playing games with his team. And usually I would run up the road to see the Celtic game. I actually forgot it was on until one of the dads said, I Celtic are playing tonight. I thought, oh, well, not really enough to get up and see it. And I got home with a few things to do. I didn't catch it. And when you told me we were on tonight and we are going to have a wee chat about the game, I thought, oh, I better watch the highlights. And I've still not actually got round to doing that. And it's just, it's, it's changed days. Just, um, just a really poor season I've had, isn't it? It's just, um, Sunday, watching the game on Sunday, just wasn't confident at all. When was the last, well, saying the last thing you weren't confident at a Rangers game was probably the, the, the previous game. But previous seasons, you always think we're going to be up for it. Even if we're, we're not on top of our game, we're going to be good enough to be, to be Rangers. But so poor this year, just from... Top to bottom, the whole team just don't look interested. And what a year to what a year to chuck it because it look, that's what it looks as well. It looks as though players have just chucked it and aren't interested. And what a year to do that, you know, the ten in a row year. You know, I think people would have forgiven them if they'd won the league this year, and then maybe things would have changed and they weren't um, performing the following year, and maybe they, they, they sold a few players or brought some young guys through. But but this year, the one year we waited a lifetime for this, and they've just uh, the players just don't look interested. I don't know. Do you, don't know what's going wrong. Do you think, Mr. Nelson? Do you think I've heard the word "chucked" it a couple of times listening to different programs the last couple? Do you think that's right? I, I, I've I've been there myself. Listened to a couple of podcasts, and I get kind of a bit wound up a wee bit when I hear folk constantly thinking like Edward, for example, chucked it. I don't I don't think necessarily there's a mindset that they've gave up or anything. I think these guys are professional pride about themselves. If, if Edwards want to leave, for example, he's going to have to play well to get a move. They're not going to just suddenly get a his big his big dream move if he's not playing well. I think it's just a, such a malaise set into the club and there's been lack of coaching, lack of fitness direction from, from the beginning of the season and it's tailed off a lot of them probably that side of the season had issues with the restrictions and stuff like that, especially someone like Edward and maybe Iron and stuff who are from abroad, don't have family here. They've all been impacted by it and I don't know if the club have maybe supported them well enough. There was also a heard talk about guys like Edward who play for the fans being there and the, the, the atmosphere and they just don't can't get themselves quite going as such. I know it's kind of making excuses as such, but I just think there's so many things wrong with Celtic. It's hard to pinpoint it on one or two things. Um, I don't necessarily go along the lines of players have gave up. I think they, they put the effort in, but I just, from week to week, they don't look organised. They don't look as if, when, when Rodgers was a manager, they, like Callum McGregor, for example, just covered the same part of the grass, the whole part of the game. If him was, he he get the ball, he had A, B and C to pass there almost every single time. Now he's getting the ball, he's looking up and he's going for Lacks out up the, the left wing. Shane Duffy's tripping over Christopher Ayer and there's just God knows what else is going on. Um, but in terms of what's happened the last few weeks, and I mean, that, my anger was really Chris, just before Christmas time, I was in November, I thought, how, how are we still proceeding with this? If Lennon, I think, had went at that time, yeah. we would just been a challenge, we'd have won the league, or really close, we just would have collapsed, I still believe, in January, February time. Um, we kept it going, we pushed it on, and it was, and when it came eventually, it was all about relief, to be honest, that hopefully now we can move on and kick on for next season. And 
that's why to be honest, the last few weeks I've not really bored so much with the games. And if I'm not, if I struggle, you know what? It doesn't really matter. The big one was the cup game. Was least with a bit of a bind. Watch that game on Sunday. As soon as Rangers scored the first goal, you're like, you know what? I, even though Rangers hadn't played well, you're like, Celtic aren't coming back in this game. They just knew the mentality of the team has just dropped to such a level that even if Celtic were to equalise, you knew Rangers would score again. Because the way they were defending and everything else. And then, did you say, going to the game last night, I, I don't know what time I've realised the game was on. God knows. Like, you know, I think it was like five o'clock last night, but I knew the women's game was on. So I was like, I'm going to watch that. And, they, and actually just watching the way they, even though they, they struggled against Rangers in terms of Rangers were a better team, it was amazing to watch a team with a green and white jersey. And they all actually looked as if they knew what they were trying to achieve. They had a game plan. They knew they were sitting tight. They would break all together. On, and the, the effort and the, just everything about it was like a team. But I shifted around to the Celtic Aberdeen game and you're like, we're still playing Scott Brown, we're still playing the two lone players. Why are we not playing Dembele, Oko Flex, Scott Roberts, and all these kind of young Ewan Anderson? Mm. What happened to all these guys? That, yeah. that, that line, that line that gets. Celtic are very corporate. You know, you know, you ever been through a redundancy? Uh, you sit down with a redundancy packs. So I was like, say, oh, I'm managing people, and you, you, you keep saying the same lines to people. And this line about Celtic don't have wingers really, really, really annoys me. It just, it just annoys me so much because you're like, Celtic have got players sitting somewhere that they can play and give us with, but you don't choose to play them. So you can't tell me we don't have wingers. And we yeah. watched Ben De- Dembele last last night. He is a winger. Aye. If you yeah. uh, and you watch and you watch your, your man <laughs> running from the, they call it all the way through, and you're like, we sold that winger. So don't come to me and give me a line that oh yeah yeah, it's because we have to cut such and such or because Europe's changing. It's we we we're delivering lines, and when you watch Ben Dele, you're saying you we couldn't have used that guy during the season. Not once. Not exactly. once. There's a significant problem, I think, with the whole youth academy at Celtic and how they use these players. Because for me, I think Celtic should have 14, 15 top players if they've out and bought, and the rest of the squad should be supplemented by the academy. If the right back gets injured, you put in the, the right back for the academy. You should be able to, Celtic should be good enough to carry one or two of these players in Scottish football every single week. And then they get 20 games a season, which makes them better players going forward. But they just don't seem to use them. I mean, Dembele's a prime example he's been talking about for two years and we still don't get near him. And Ewan Henderson, Scott Robertson, they're all, and it was a Jack Aitchin, who was the other one a few years ago. Just, we're going by Kamala for three and a half million, we go by Bio for three million, we buy, who's the other ones? Uh, Yeti, that's like 12 million quid. And Jack Aitchin, I'm pretty sure they probably scored the same amount of goals they three have put together in that time. I've, I've got the Barcelona game on in the background, they won three one just now, and um, I'm not comparing us to them, but they've got a lot of young guys that they've brought into the team. I know they they were kind of they've gone under a bit of a kind of um, a change this year. They were talking about this being a real rebuilding year for them, and they've actually done really well. They were saying if they win all their games in hand, they win the league. Basically, if they win the, the remaining six games, they win the league. They're they're playing with quite a few young guys, kind of like 18, 19 year old. And obviously, we're not saying that our players are the same level as them, but our nineteen year olds, if they're good enough for the Scottish League, you should get them in now, right? You know, and, but, and, and we've, we've got players that people are, are, are you know, the, the youth scouts and the, the guys who know a bit about youth football are saying that they've got talent. So why aren't they playing? Here, here, here's here's the thing. Got, here's the thing as well, and it's 
again, it's to do with the, 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 the word team. So you listen to people saying, oh, it's Edward's fault, or he shouldn't try that, or John Joe, whatever his face. I mean, he, it's his fault, it's Laxell's fault, you like. But actually, fundamentally, when we used to, when we, I mean, we're not old people, but like, say, say if you just take that Martin O'Neill team of all those years ago when we were boys watching it, like, there was a palpable energy when those, that, those players went onto the ground. Maybe we were there, what, nights out in St Johnston, the mist coming down, and Selig are on it from the word go. They're cracking jaws, they're out, they're playing. And these guys might have been great, better players, but that energy value that, that, that young players bring and that will to win, and you can see Turnbull struggling with that because he's like, oh, I'm trying my best. But Celtic seem to have moved away from that and talking about... I mean, if John Kennedy talks about diamond for me, or the other day there, somebody said that Celtic, Celtic Football Club, the one, the, the biggest club in Scotland, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, are now stuck with a formation, a diamond formation. Like, they were stuck <laughs> with a formation, and, and, and that that sort of that world, that Celtic should. Going back to Mr. Dixon's point, is the, the, the Barcelona young players are bringing an energy and a passion. It might not be technically perfect like Iniesta, but it still it brings something to the game. And, and, and I, I always think the Celtic have got that sitting in the background, but nobody has got the and the Scott the Scott Brown for me is is a, a very much an example of a corporate decision. Like that, that that line to say, oh, we've all got to get behind Scott Brown and give him a cup before he leaves, is 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 really poor. Okay, it clicks a few heartstrings. I love Scott Brown. I I, I love I love to look back. Whatever I've got a great program. You no, know, the European program. It's he's drawn like it's like a comic book character. It's a lovely program, and I see what he's done for Celtic, but but we're not. Like we're not, it's not a testimonial. It's not we're not giving Jimmy Johnston. We're, we're here to win games and bring players on and have a pride in what we do. And, and when your man Ryan Kent turns Scott Brown the weekend, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, ah, oh, like what, what? Surely we've got players there that can do that in the youth squad. Well, you're, you're, you're touching the argument with Scott Brown about the cup. That was the same kind of mind that the corporate club came out with with Neil Lennon to win the treble. And that's the reason why I think they kept him so long at times to win the cup against Hearts uh, way back in December. And it became Neil Lennon's treble. And you're like, we should be, Celtic should be far bigger than one man, one whatever. End of the day, if you're failing, you're out. That's, that's the nature of football. But, it, but it's not. It's, it's, uh, it's I mean, Tommy Burns is back. Tommy Burns in the day, who's a far bigger sale than any of those two. Um, was sacked at Celtic. He walked out the front door. He's head up, head held high. He's, he is, he is an ultra Celtic legend. Um, and he just he failed to do his job. He just couldn't, he couldn't get over that line. Even he had, I was looking at a picture actually the other week. Somebody sent a picture of that yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Cadets, Van Rydonk, Andy Tom, even Simon Donnelly, cracking players. Just a superb team. And how that team couldn't win the league was just obviously just they just failed only lost one game that season. Um, although I did look at the goalkeepers in the team, they had Gordon Marshall and Stuart Kerr, so maybe that's why they never won the league. <laughs> or <laughs> like, Jim Farry, I think, as well, and George Cadetti. <laughs> like, it was like in a, those are the earliest formation they had. That was, I think, half the problem. The, uh, the John Hughes is centre half and as well. And, um, Better, aye, so you're talking about energy, you know, that young players bring, but it's like you can get energy from experienced players as well. But that, that comes from the manager, if you've well, manager or a good coach like okay. Matt Mayo, like Brendan Rogers, to kind of 
get players to you know show commitment, show that desire, show that hunger. And I know Chris Nelson will definitely agree here, but just Neil Lennon wasn't doing that. He's I don't think he's a good coach. Maybe he was sort of a good man manager in his early days at Celtic, but when he came back, he just I think he shows that he's not got that kind of tactical know-how, and he wasn't a good coach. Um, and like touching that point again that you said, Chris, everyone that we spoke to in October was saying this isn't too late to win the league. If we we do yeah. right. The players that I've got in the team just now, they're, they're, they're not as good as the Rodgers year, uh, era, but they're, they're, they're good players. They should be good enough to win in, win in Scotland. And just um, Lennon wasn't getting the best out of them. And it wasn't too late. We were only a few, well, I think we were about nine points behind, behind but one point with a couple of games in hand. I was convinced that if we brought a new manager in, not anyone, but somebody that kind of knew what they were doing, had a bit of kind of tactical know-how and kind of get the best out of players, we could have turned that league around. But... You say they wanted to late. Oh, we'll wait until Lennon gets to the cup final and then he wins it. I was hoping he'd have walked away after that. You know, last year's Scottish Cup final, but again they kept him on too late, and it was. Um, okay. I, they, they could have done something about it. I think if they if they'd taken action in October, November. I know. No, no, attempt. Sorry. Uh, they probably got right up to Christmas, and because they, they could have turned around the football Rangers at Ibrox as well um, they, they still had that chance and then didn't do that Dubai trip all that kind of yeah. thing they were still I mean that Dubai trip just killed it I and mean, that was just summed up the season to be honest and just uh, don't look a great team I, you know, people sometimes say to me what do you think of Rangers team this year I, I, I honestly don't know because I only ever watch Rangers four or five times a year and that's when they play against Celtic so I don't know what they're like for the rest of the season but when I see them playing they look well organised looks as though they're kind of well drilled well organised and they all know what they're doing they've all got their position they've all got their job but they don't look a brilliant team they've also got a really good goalkeeper but they were there for the taking this year I yeah. think if, they're, if, they're, if they were a really good team they'd have hammered us a few yeah. times because we are there for the absolute spanking if we wanted that but yeah. Um, they're better organised they're better in the sums and the parts basically yeah. well the thing is we're talking about next year if we get a new manager and we'll get a new manager and we'll turn it around the problem is if Rangers play like that like they have this year they're not going to drop points against the, the other teams apart from Celtic so it, it, could, it could end up coming down to the four games that we play against them if, and, and unless they if, unless they really regress if Gerard left and they, they move backwards they're going to end up they'll pick up points next year like they have this this season and it could come down to the four four Celtic uh, four derby games but we've um, got but we've which got, is worrying but see the thing is yeah, but, but that, the thing is what, what's slightly well, what's really annoying is that that it's self made like we the thing about Rangers and for all the laughter we had and all that and they come in but actually, we created everything for them to, to you know what I mean? Like, like the fact is that the Celtic didn't change their team. We we drew with them and then brought the same team, same system along. So, Steven Gerrard and Gary McCaster don't really need to do that much thinking. Like, there's no, there wasn't, the, the Celtic could have totally changed the weekend, gave it a different, but they, they're, they're not being taxed. I mean, I was having a laugh for myself. I'm thinking, as Rangers... Rangers are so bored in Scottish football now they've decided to take take on racism. Because that's <laughs> the only the only challenge they've got. Because ultimately we're not producing a challenge. And and, and Rangers now are 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 being allowed. We've allowed Stevie G to look great. And they, and they all this all the all the other off field stuff and okay, Manny Clare we say all the COVID and yeah, I suppose there's all these wee things that have came along with Celtic, but but ultimately Stephen Davis shouldn't be scoring overhead kicks at 36 yeah. years old at Ibrox. He just shouldn't he should he just should not be doing that. 
against... It's always a Celtic way that we, we, we just try and do just enough, you know? I mean, when we're just enough to beat Rangers, just enough to win Scottish football, maybe just enough to try and qualify for the Champions League. They never push the boat out and spend a bit of money and think, well, you know, let's let's make sure we've got a team that will absolutely guarantee we win 10 in a row and guarantee we get into the, the, the Champions League. And then, I know, I, know, I know it's all about money, but, you know, you spend this money to get into the Champions League by decent players, you'll get that back. You know, you'll get that back by qualifying they, for the Champions League. But we're always just content to just, just do enough and hope for the best. I always think that in terms of the player-wise, I think Celtic have still, I still do think Celtic have a very decent squad of players. They, they, they don't have enough in certain areas. But the biggest problem is in who the biggest, or the most expensive salary of any person at the club should be is your, your manager. He should be in charge of your whole. That's what Brendan Rodgers was. That's what Celtic, for the last 15 years, since probably Stratton anyway, we've, we've really been poor, other than Rodgers has been there. Tyler, we, we kind of kicked the can along the line. Lennon's first time around, I know we were Barcelona, but it was pretty dire stuff for most of it. He lost the lead to me, the Rangers and Vaness in the last couple of games of the season as well. And we were, we were awful. We get we hammered by Braga in Europe, we get hammered by Utrecht in Europe, we get hammered by Sion, was it Sion? I think 3-0 and then overturned because he played an eligible player. Um, so we've been dreadful for, for years but the only time we actually got anywhere is when we bring in that great the, the best manager you can possibly get because that changes your philosophy of the whole club Every, it steps up the standards it makes guys like Edward want to come it makes them play that you talk about them playing, playing uh, all their effort they also have that extra 10% that you don't get under a manager like Lennon or a manager like John Kennedy or anything like that because you don't have the respect you think about players as well some, you mentioned Castle we've still got a good squad and I know that some of them had a poor season but guys like um, Callum McGregor and Ryan Christie who came on what leaps and bounds when, when um, Rodgers came in mm. and now they've had pretty poor seasons I know Christie's had a, a pretty bad year I, he hasn't had a great year he's been playing all over the place I think I don't think he knows, or, or, the coach knows his best position he's played left, right, middle behind the strikers um, but you just wonder what, what, what did they, how, did, how was he coached previously that made him such a good player one of the top talents in Scotland what's happened to him but, but, since but, here, but here's the thing like, I always go back to I mean obviously I'm in Dublin but I used to love my wee seat up at Celtic Park right up the top of the heavens and I used to sit there and like, oh, people wanted to sit down I, mean, I always liked sitting up at the top of Celtic because I could see what was going on I could see the positions I could see the movement now in my head I still can't get Elanusi, Turnbull and Christie. I still can't work it. I, I, I don't really know where my... I, I know I watch a lot of Celtic and I watch... I, I still really struggle with... Where are they all supposed to be at one time? Like, yeah, like they're all the same type of player. And they're all sort of... Like, I, I just... I think it, when you're struggling at football, I think that's when you go back to being... And that's where Kennedy's just a kind of weird... He's a weird person, really, because, first of all, like he's a Paul Lambert kind of guy that he kind of kids on his Martin O'Neill. Kennedy kids on, like, talking about moments and stuff like that. It's just crazy. But ultimately, in, in football coaching or even in, in your work and stuff like that, if things are not working, you just go back to basic principles. And Celtic still just don't seem to be... Like, Edward plays left... He like plays off the left-hand side as a striker. I mean... That's the easiest position to like. If you're a right-sided football player, you just say right, just watch him. He comes inside. 
But there's no It just It seems just all over the place Whereas Rodgers You could have picked the team And you could have picked Really the system The couple of system They're playing Martin O'Neill Or Scott is striking Or striking Was very simple Very simple uh, it's a basic 4-4-2 we, so, we ended up in Europe Like flying With two big Scottish defenders and be, oh, if, the, the nature of those is like you, you need players. Players need to be told what. At the end of the day, really generally need to be told what the way what he wants from individually. You talk about Christie. I think when Christie was under Rogers, he was well coached. He knew where he had to be in the pitch, when to press, when not to press. The press is a team, whereas now he's just become an individual and he's just running around and he's trying to do too much and trying to press and such. He's actually going from left to right and actually no finding anywhere anywhere where he's meant to be. You talk about Edward going out to left. Under Rogers, that would have happened before if I came into the centre. Yeah. And if Rogers went out to right, then Sinclair comes into the centre and you still have that central focus, whereas there's none of that now. Because the whole tactical philosophy at Celtic's just went completely out the window. Lennon, under six months, they lined up towards Point of Lazio time. They were probably still feeling the fuels of the, the Rogers era. Hmm. And then it's just all, and obviously, the COVID break, they came back and we went, what's going on here? It's just like, the Mills, because Guy like Ellen, Ellen, he's a class player. I mean, he scored 18 goals a season, he's hardly played that's nearly the same as Sinclair scoring his first season. Yeah. Um, under a Sinclair, if he'd been under um, Rogers, he'd scored 25 goals. No baller. Um, he's, he's good there. He's got a great shot, but. But where's he playing, Pat? Is he. Like, I think he's playing exactly the Sinclair player to win the ball. Where's it Celtic? He, he also needs a good left back behind you. He had Tierney behind him, obviously, bombing up. We've got Ball and Golly, then we've got Laxell. Taylor, so yeah. that's where he started though. In his first season, he started in the left and he was scoring a lot of goals. He was having a left, yeah, yeah, forest in the right, and they were proper wingers. And you say when the centre forward, um, um, Edward dropped out, they could go into the middle. We, we don't have that. They have been unlucky with Forrest being injured this year, they have been unlucky with that. Not no excuses, but um, he's been a big miss because he was the last two games that Forrest played that he's got goals because he's he's into that centre position where Edwards came out, he's been in, but. Christie was never doing that. Christie was, I don't know what Christie was at that point, he was just running around chasing. Christie, again, Christie's not a, you know, you play him in the right side of Forrest, he's, he's left footed and he's always wanting to cut inside, so he's, you're not going to get the same results that you get with Forrest. Again, it's, I think it's a lot of coaching about all, I, I just think it's, See, with Christie, I know a lot of people have a go at him with his, his shooting, because over the bar, and his dead ball with set pieces are really, really poor, and everyone's saying, why is he taking set pieces? Why is he taking set pieces? Surely the coach, surely Neil yeah, Lennon, been told. did we see that and sent him, uh, right, someone else has taken free kicks now, someone else has taken corners or whatever, but he just, Lennon obviously watched that for months and let Christie hit these set pieces. Yeah. Turnbull's been a bit of an improvement since he came in because he's been taking them, but that's a coach's job to do that, I thought it was pretty obvious. But, but I, I suppose, I suppose it's, it's, I, the, the, the sort of age of our, cause it, it was really a really interesting comment uh, Barry uh, Glendon and the Guardian said about the, the European the Super League. He said, "Well, I'm 50 years old. I've seen it all now. Let's see what they do. Let's see if they crash and burn." I suppose we're not 50. Obviously, you're not. You're not younger than me. But the, the point would be then that you get to a stage in life where, you, where, where you're, you're seeing football because you've seen so many different and you're so much passionate about it and you see so many different teams of Celtic come along you see the great Man United teams you see the great Man City teams you see the, the great Liverpool team for one year they were and then you start looking at Celtic and because there's so much exposure to football you just wonder 
why is nobody else seeing what we we you see every game? Like if you speak to John McGorn, you speak to Danny, you speak to Barry, they've all got their views and they're kinda of all kinda of lined up. But if you lose Forrest, then what do you do? Do you, you don't keep the same formation, do you? You, you maybe just I don't I just don't understand what Celtic are doing. And is it sell? Are they just? Is it like not self harm? But they just is it? Is, is there something happened that we're just not? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is Scott Brown or Neil Lennon in the changing room? Is there too many people? There's too much politics. Like uh, Strachan get on, Strachan rant at the weekend about Celtic's a bit strange. Really strange since his son's there. I think his other son works for him. His daughter's in the adverts marketing department. Of all people that wouldn't be ranting about it, he should be keeping his mouth shut. But he's, I just think it's all a bit, just a bit bizarre. I know. I've always actually have to say, I mean, maybe a bit, it's always a bit far fetched, a bit um, conspiracy theory, but I've always been the impression that Celtic as a club, not as obviously the players and the fans obviously nowhere near, but are quite content for the nine in a row to have been ended and the status quo for the the, the old firm, as I said, to be back and um, they've always wanted that back. They've always wanted to have Celtic Rangers competing against each other because that's when they see the they've always seen that French Lowell kind of stated that years back that Celtic would have to struggle without Rangers. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean it's completely it's, there's, there's no real wings to back up but Celtic could have pushed on and won that comfortably a couple of years ago they didn't have to get Lennon in there they could have got they could have got a really decent manager in and I don't see they deliberately done it but I'm sure there's there's a obviously I don't deliberately I think that's well over the top but I'm, I am more than convinced that Celtic as a, a corporate entity are quite happy that everything's back on a level playing field they've got their they can sell their corporate hospitality tickets for the Glasgow Derby's going forward um, it's just sad but it was a really strange move bringing Lennon back I, I, I think it was a good move getting him in for the end of that season yeah, because he did know the club and it's not going to take a new miser he's not going to have to come in get settled and figure out who's who he knew the club he could come in he did well won the league just kept him ticking over but to give him the job I mean everyone remember being out that night in the pub that night after they won oh, it and we heard that he'd been announced as the permanent manager been told in the showers and everyone I know was just like he's serious Neil Lennon because we yeah. just improved we've gone from Lennon to Dyla to Brendan Rogers, and then back to the start just such a poor appointment um, and remember he was he, he wasn't allowed to bring his backroom staff in Remember it was it, it, it was kind of brought Parker. in. It was told it was to, I Parker, Albie, Thompson. It was just given whoever was left. It was it John Kennedy? I don't know who else was there. He was like, yeah, work with these guys. It was, it was his hands were always tied behind his back. But then I know you wonder if. But that's a story. But but again, uh, that's a story. But isn't it? That's a that's a thing. Like if you listen to if you listen to Kennedy's interview after the Aberdeen game, he says the same thing that everybody says about uh, Griffiths when he's given half a chance, when he gets in the box, he makes that type of movement. And that's what... You're like, I've heard this thing hundreds of times. I've heard this time, Neil Lennon's hands were tied behind the back. Apparently they were tied behind the back the first time. You're like, but where's this coming from? Ultimately, ultimately, Celtic made one decision. And then, like, Kennedy, for instance, like, I can't understand why a 37-year-old Celtic coach with delusions of grandeur, a massive ambition... He spent so much time in his interviewing skills. Why he would not drop Brown straight away? I don't understand why he wouldn't go three up front. And why would they not want to just in his last six games just light up the place? And he, he's went 
totally, like just totally. I mean, how many times has Welsh touched? Well, how many times has Welsh t- touched the football? He literally is on the ball all the time. (laughs) But he seems to have been around forever, and I don't know how good he is as a coach. I really don't. Did he not play something like thirty games for us, or even less? I know, I know, he had a lot of injuries, he had bad injuries, but it just seems to be there. I'm thinking, what did he see in him? Well, as you talk about being a good coach, I don't know if you've seen it. It's one of those Celtic analytics uh, Twitter things. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. That, goal, that goal last night was the sixth goal we've conceded from a flick on from the post this season from a corner. And every one of them is exactly the same. You're like. Who who Celtic does analysis of goals we let in? Well, Kennedy was a centre half, so surely he should be. He should have an idea how to clear goals. Oh, absolutely frightening. Everyone's the same. You like they're obviously these teams are targeting, it and you're just yeah. like. Oh, but you then, go. but then we say, but again, so these, these things happen, right? So it happens in your daily work. And the next day, you got your boss, and you tell your boss, like we talked about this before. You, you tell like Lennon told, tell, says, yeah, we've got a problem with set pieces. We're working on it. Kennedy says, yeah, we've got a problem with set pieces, we're working on it. Kennedy said, in Dubai, we are working on set pieces. Like, what is going on? I mean, it's just one thing. Your man picks up the header, and you're just like, like Danny Ings scores a header against, uh, was it Southampton Man City or Southampton Spurs? Spurs. And it's a great header. He kind of peels off, he goes, he goes a diagonal run. And he's, he's, he works for it, he gets the header. It's a lovely header. Armstrong, again, playing really well. And uh, then Bale and all that take over. But I'm like, geez, well, that was a really good goal from a header. All the goals that Celtic lose in corner kicks, you're just like, you know what I mean? Like Nobody had to work for And I, I know, I don't like all this over-analysing of owner, every, every goal somebody's got to blame. I understand Celtic lose goals, but they n- never really, like, even Stephen Davis didn't who's over a kick, man, it was embarrassing. I was just like, yeah. Rachel was like to me, why are you shouting the screen? I'm like, I shouting the screen? He's attempting goals and all. I know he was, it was quite, it wasn't necessarily an easy one, but you're like, it's just like one hand going like that. You're like, God, man, that's like a save you make it sevens when you don't, you want to go to goals. Well, I, don't think I, know, I, I don't think it helps that you've got last year's third choice goalkeeper playing goals for you. Who thought of that? Who thought of that? Right, okay, we're going for ten in a row, the biggest the biggest season and you know in well a long time, no, yeah. in my lifetime certainly. And I think, right, okay, let's go, let's get rid of our first and second choice goalkeepers. I know they wanted to keep um uh, Fraser Foster. But getting rid of Craig Gordon as well, and like, right, we'll go with last year's third choice goalkeeper. <laughs> We've actually gone from an, a, a, an exceptional goalkeeper to a, a not a very good one. It wouldn't be so bad if we kind of met in the middle and had an average keeper, you know, but we're just going. <sighs> And you say we've gone with three goalkeepers this year and none of them inspire confidence in at all and they just can't make a save. So Is we, that Bartas even made a save? He's done a lot of that. He <laughs> dies to the side towards the ball but never puts his hands up. Did we just I get a revelation there? Did we get a revelation there? That, uh, Mr. Mr. Nelson, Mr. Nelson lets goals in to come out there. Did we just get a... Re- Sweeney, that, Sweeney's that spinning on his account. Sweeney's like, I'm with it now. 
Sweeney's never saved anything in his life, I don't think. <laughs> if he did, it's just hit him. Oh, no. My boy's playing football today, and Sweeney's boy plays for one of the teams that can older teams. Sweeney's boy plays for the older team, and um, you see him, and he refuses to go in goals. And his dad was kind of having words with him, you know, because he wouldn't go in goals. I said, David, you did that all the time. You were the exact same as that. You never went in goals. I let the one in through your legs so you could get back out. Sweeney, the, Sweeney, Sweeney was the... Sweeney was Isco Bride's Reggie Blinker, wasn't he? I'm <laughs> joking. He's better than Reggie. Oh, yeah, he's, he's all had a soft spot for Sweeney, didn't he, really? He I just pl- he played the game like he wanted to play, didn't he? Danny and John no, like didn't have any time for him at all. What was that, sorry? Danny and John. They were just never big Sweeney fans. I used to enjoy well, him. No, but no, I think there was a, I think there was something going on there. But I just, I just, Sweeney used to glide sometimes, didn't he? Just to glide yeah, a wee yeah. bit, move uh, the he ball. Was, he, was a, he was a brilliant sevens player. He never quite transpired it and transferred it into the elevens, unfortunately. <laughs> but he was always like top sevens man. But um, I, I suppose that was an East Coast Pride All Stars team. There, <laughs> <we had there. laughs> I just called him Reggie Blinker now, so I'm in trouble. <laughs> East Coast Pride's Reggie Blinker. So, 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 okay, that's what they're doing. My, my quiz then. Who's, who's the biggest person in school pride? Is, 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 is Mark Hamilton still Mr. School Pride? Is he still, he's living in the, I think he's living in Olton now in East School Pride. Is he still, is he still a big deal or is he, is he calmed down? The Sparky. Is that, is that Sparky? Yeah, Sparky. He's still. Oh, we don't talk to him since he. He crossed the divide and played for Hamilton. I fucking Judas prick, man, I tell you. He's the next time he's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Although he didn't let a few goals in, so it didn't matter. Um, he was like the old. I seen him go a long way. He lives, he, I think he lives no far away from you. Yeah, but, um, I love it. I love Connor. Were you struggling for a goalkeeper when you brought him in? No, I, I think that. I don't know. Where are we? Yeah. I think you I think you guys see anybody that's listening, we used to play every Sunday night. Uh I don't even think that football jeez, we're so old. I don't even think that football pitch is there because I went around to see oh, it. Flats, 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 so, so, uh, I seen a picture of Stephen just as they were getting demolished and had a cry together. <laughs> so uh, so. we used to play every Sunday night and uh, I used to love it. That was great fun. It was always good. I was always I was always, I was never that sharp on a Sunday night because I was always as a young boy. I used to go and enjoy myself, so I was always. But I used yeah. to love it. I used to love it. Good games, though. Now we, we went for the old athletic Bilbao policy where you had to be born and bred, and well, not not the basket country. You had to be born and bred. <laughs> to play for us, and then you had the you had the Jack Charlton Island. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, if you get cousins and if you get cousins from Hamilton, I get no, oh, good, good games. I really enjoyed them because it was a wee bit of it, there was no there was no kind of needle and dig about no. it, but it was a wee bit about kind of like us against you because you know when you turn up and play fives, it's always you swap the teams about, you change it, but because it was East Kilbride v Hamilton, really good, good games, brilliant. You wanted to win. You're, uh, I love the story which I tell quite. I don't tell often, but I tell it the story of Stephen Kane going to Lourdes and getting off the bus. And Stephen was always my brother was always. He, you can listen to him in previous podcasts. Not I mean, he talks about he talks about the Celtic board and Dobbies. <laughs> no, but he got it. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen generally thought he was a really good football player. But Stephen is a good football player. It just pays of lunch, our manager. Third but, best player in your family. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> but he, but he got it. Oh, 
I think I've got a great story with the call. Anyway, I'll tell you this story. I'll tell you the other story. Right. So basically, Stephen goes out, and you're, I think you park up in France, or you park up, and Stephen goes out in the ball. I think Chris Nelson's playing football. I don't know if you're there, Dixon, are you? He's, they're playing yeah, football in the car park. So. And Stephen yeah. thought, I'm going to show these religious boys how to play. And apparently, he didn't get a kick. And that's how Chris Nelson met Stephen King. That's his story. That's Was that his, right? uh, the Lourdes, the eh? So Stephen met these boys in Lourdes and then came back. Way back in 1988, I think. Or 1988, I think it was. God, that's a long time ago. The priest said one of the greatest lines of all time. I always kind of wish I'd went on the trip. He said to Stephen one night, Stephen came over and said, this isn't an 1830s, and Stephen just looked on flat. Had Ramon bought me, you do what you want to do. I'm out here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, that was the day a football rivalry was made. I love it. I loved it. See that, that game that game we played in East Coast. We, we played three years ago, and I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Can you remember the original game? You always wore, we, we would wear the green and white hoops, and you would wear, I think it was like the, the black and green strip. Oh, Aye, Those great games. Every one of us hung over. Once you get your vaccine jagged up, get yourself back over. We'll get oh, our, I'm doing to. Over 40s game. Yeah, because I, I actually, just the, the funny thing about having us, I mean, I I've got Joshua, so uh, you actually become not. I'm not fitter than I was then. I'm not fit, but I'm fit enough. But actually, because you play with your son a lot, your balls, the ball skills actually became become better than you were when you were younger. Because I just ran about when I was younger and just shot hard. Whereas you're not kicking the ball with a wee man. You actually become a wee bit more sort of Dixon-like. <laughs> You've got that sort of... Not too late for you, Joey. Not too late to make it. 43. Tennis. It's all about tennis now. It's all about tennis. Now you always had a bit of a touch about you. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I love the tennis. I love the t- tennis. is great fun. All the boys, the tennis. If you should come over, that's a. I keep asking people to come over, but you should come over. Definitely. I found. No, I found. Let me just wrap it up just now. But I found a perfect five-a-side pitch in Shankill. I'll send you a video of it. It's perfect for long shooting. But if all the boys come over. We could go to Leperstown Races. I mean, it's yeah. all there. They call it. It's just down the road. Leperstown Races just up the road for me. So, so. Where, where do you play tennis? Is it a um, AstroTurf or is it grass or what? I've got. Uh, we've got. Yeah, we've got grass courts plus we've got other courts, uh, sort, of, sort of carpet, and then we've got a new clay court and indoor courts. Oh, it's amazing. Is this all in your back garden? Just up the road, aye. Just up the road. <laughs> Very I've nice. got a hard court as well. Somebody else's back garden won't go there. <laughs> but you're, uh, yeah, so anyway, questions then. So, guys, I really appreciate it. Questions then. Isco Bride women. See, in my head, Isco Bride was always better when it came to like good looking yeah, females. Is that, you think that's correct? Or was that just a, just have a good, because my mum came from Isco Bride, I always thought Isco Bride women were just nicer. Is that, is that why you were, you were always in crystals? That's why I was always in school bride. I I just said that I always thought I'd marry somebody from school bride. I just didn't uh-huh. tell mum and dad, mum that. Or, no, well, we both did. So probably both, yeah, both school bride girls. So, oh, you're comparing it to Amo in there. So, no comparison. No comparison. You both married school bride women, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just say yeah, school bride girls are great. Yeah. And uh, in case I'm listening later. And so Eastcoat Bride has got posher then, yeah? 
There you go. It's been what, sorry? It has it is posher now, yeah? That it was. Than, some yeah. parts. Yeah. Some parts. Some. <laughs> Not the places it, we live. Uh, oh, I love you, Scooby. I was watching the old videos. Dude, I didn't tell Betty. I don't know what to that podcast. The old videos he scoped right, like this world, it was like this new city and the energy and like showing all the industry and stuff for that. All, all those videos by that Italian director, he scoped right, looks amazing. Just an amazing yeah. place. Is that YouTube videos on it? Brilliant. Oh, great. I, I got it from the archives. So I'm, oh, I'm a bit strange, but anyway, I, I spent <laughs> Christmas time watching <laughs> archive movies of Isco Bride's industrial. It, it was up in Torrance. The guy was playing golf and all this. I was like, oh, Isco Bride's a great place, you know what I mean? I just wasn't. I just yeah. could just, just, anyway, there's, a, there's a story about Robbie Rooney, the Hamilton Judo Club, moving to Isco Bride, and then suddenly there was, there was always a rival between the Judo Clubs. John Wright Sports Centre as well. It's funny, isn't it? It's just down the road. And you did judo, didn't you? Yeah, the judo. Uh, so, were you not over in Japan? Stephen was in Japan. We went over to Japan for a couple of weeks. Stephen went to Japan all those years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, we're in Dublin now, on the beach. So Dublin's the best place. But honestly, guys, if you want to come, you can just come over. And, uh, yeah, today, we'll get across at some point. Today was brown. We'll have to maybe mix it up then, maybe. But uh, as we said, it was Dixon Nelson. or that was that. Your agent just said it was either two of you. Or nobody. So I just had to sign both of you up. Well, I, I said I always need Nelson to team me up. I was useless in the fives pitch without Nelson, so. <laughs> <laughs> Playing that through ball, did actually finish in the bottom corner. That, that pure low through ball. You know, if you make that run, you just go Nelson, will find you. That was that. Just run, run, run. You'll make that pass. <laughs> my, my, my memory, I remember we met you, and I met, I'm actually feeling really sorry for myself because I'm the only person that calls it the plaza, but I met you in the plaza with your children, you're just buzzing. And I was like, and then I was buzzing, I was like, he's just, Dixon's a great guy, the brown guys. And then, I, but my, my, my memory is just looking the back shoulder and you with your long sleeves and it was wet and you're just standing there, like, just give me the ball. And just give me the ball, man. The eager. Just give me that ball for a bit of magic, Dixon. Brown. Who are we talking about here? Me or the other Chris? I don't know. We're talking about <laughs> you, Dixon. Nelson was always. You sort of always sat on the right hand side. You just sat there, just you just lost. Right, you always lost tracky. Nelson yeah. was just fighting with Stephen. Just, just stay away from Danny and John. That was it. <laughs> against them. If, if you went and ventured into the middle of the park, it was playing like playing against Roy Keane and Frank Lampard. They were just on top of you the whole time, just buzzing about. So I would just kind of, I would just look John's... for Bertie or you or your brother and, or Big Tony. Big Tony played at the back yeah, as well. Tony's still alive. Tony's Tony still alive. <laughs> Still alive. Well, well done, aye. Doing well. He's still alive. Glad to hear it. Connor, was it aye? Co- Connor's still there. Connor moved back. Oh, God, we, we met him somewhere. I did. I was probably up for that game. It was probably that Ballarup game. That was it a couple of yeah. years ago. That'd have been it. No, Connor's, Connor moved back to Northern Ireland. So he's up. Uh, he's, up he's, left, I've done it. he's two hours and 15 minutes away from my house. But because of the restrictions, but when the restrictions go, I'm going to go up and say hello to him. Great guy. He's as fit as a fiddle now. He's doing all these, uh, all those half marathon sort of stuff, all that Ironman stuff. But yeah, great guy. Yeah, he's on one of our chats. Connor's really yeah, funny he, and stuff. He like would that. follow you everywhere. I'm sure he did. He just wear a rugby strap. Yeah, yeah. He just he would grab a hold of your arm and just follow you. You had a good squad of players to pick from. You know, we're talking. We've mentioned about ten players already tonight. You had a lot, and then <laughs> you brought your brother and. Um, you brought your brother in, Martin, and then he'd a pal as well, he was a good player. 
Tony, uh, Tony, Kevin, Kevin Kelly came on as well. Kevin was a good. Uh, day. Oh, Those boys was, could hit the ball really hard. Yeah, they used to carry We didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, we'd thought for those <laughs> no, there was another guy that played with, that Martin brought. I can't remember. We guy from down Uruguay. Wally, really is it Wally? No. Wally, that's the Wally. one. Wally. Wally's, Wally's a vegetarian. There you go. Wally's become a vegetarian. Heard that news that we can't. Still, still, still computing the news. I just don't know how to take it. I mean, <laughs> what was that? What's his face then? My, my nemesis. I've lost his name. Oh, what was his name? Oh, he's played at Bath. Baines, was it? Rab. Rab, yeah. It's Rab's Rab, I think he met him there. I've seen him about a year and a half. He's done his ligaments on as well. Oh, jeez. Rab, Rab is, Rab is about like the, he was there kind of Danny in the, the first side. He was just a big enemy. Forcer. Aye. Forcer. If he was very... He would have certainly beat you if you had to. Uh, we'll get out of his union game. We'll get, get out of his union. Well, for a union, John McGonagall is still as fit as he was then. I've still played with him on a Monday night, and he's still running a bit like a lunatic man on it. So I, I, I think I'm I could still player. do it. I still, my fitness levels are pretty good, but I don't know if I could. The speed bit's a bit of a problem, I think now compared to. I went to the, I went to the last last story. Then we'll let you go. I went to the family fun day run thing. It was a slight hill, and it was on the grass. I'm sort of standing there, I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably one of the oldest guys here, but I'm, I could probably win this. And then, no. I, I can get to football quick. You see that first five yards, all the boys are away, and I'm like, I'm giving it, I'm giving it the comedy running, I mean, trying to get on, I was it easy, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, well, I think that's us. So, Brian Bridges didn't appear, so. That's a point to Fantastic East School Bride podcast. Thank you so much for making the effort. I'll get this out. You made Jerry Wilson uh, very happy. Jerry's one of our, our great listeners. So, yeah, he's he's down in England just now. I think he's missing his school bride and the Monte and mm-hmm. the pints here and stuff like that. What a place. But, uh, yeah, and Mark and all the boys and all, the, all my aunties. But, uh, I was actually, I did go, I was in Ad Mags, you know Ad Mags? I went in there. I went in there uh, to find old pictures of my family. So last time I was in Scotland, I went. I got went with Anne Mags. Anne Mags used to be the SNP ah, councillor. Yeah. And uh, I went to her house and I found old pictures of my family that I'd never seen before. And I was there for two hours, just sitting there going through old. And what it brings back to school pride is I'm getting a bit the community, all those people, the house parties, all the the, the, the the that sort of the chapel communities and stuff like that. St Brides and it's mad. Like it's a great place. Know what I mean. Anyway, I'm stuck in Dublin, so I'm stuck. Apart from the roundabouts. Apart from the roundabouts, eh? See, hey, <laughs> thing is, I get through the whole podcast and didn't mention the roundabout. You see that? You mentioned it. I'm surprised you didn't. I was sure you were going to I mention it. I wasn't going to go for the easies. I wasn't going to go for the easies. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys, for doing that for us tonight. I'll we'll have to get you back on. And, uh, Good yeah, to see you. You were really great. And uh, thanks, everybody, again, for listening to us. And, uh, We'll be back hopefully next week with the, the, the guys again. You just can come on anytime because that was great fun. We might even get Betty on or Stephen. Stephen doesn't know you were here, so Stephen will be delighted tomorrow morning to listen to us because uh, <laughs> they call it. And uh, fantastic. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Martin's still playing. Martin's still there. Martin can still do it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, thank he's, thank number, he's number one still. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They'd be chunks. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Right. Take care. Cheers, thank Paul. you. Bye bye. Thank you. God bless, guys. See you later. Bye.